Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with Stephen's oral defense to the false charges raised by the Sanhedrin, found in Acts chapter 7, verses 17 through 43. In his defense, Stephen summed up the Old Testament and declared his faith in the face of death for the sake of Christ. Please listen to Pastor Jim as he delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, Stephen Explains Moses. Well, Moses went to visit his brethren, saw something he didn't like, verse 24. And when he saw one of them, an Egyptian, um, I'm sorry, when he saw one of them, one of his brethren, being treated unjustly, he defended him and took vengeance for the oppressed by striking down the Egyptian. Yikes! You know, Moses murdered somebody. And again, we don't know for sure exactly what Moses knew at that time or how he interpreted what he knew. But one thing is clear is that he assumed he was going to be welcomed by his fellow Israelites. Probably thought, hey, there's, here's a guy that's been under the hands of the Egyptians. He still cares about us. Uh, woohoo, we're glad he's here. Come on in, Moses. Well, that wasn't quite the way that it went. Verse 25. And he supposed that his brethren understood that God was granting them deliverance through him, but they did not understand. Now, clearly, Moses took matters into his own hands when he killed the Egyptian who was abusing the Israelite. Don't don't take your own vengeance. Let the Lord do that. But it was all part of God developing Moses into the man that he wanted him to be. And it was all in his providence that this happened. Don't forget that though God is never the cause or the author of sin, I love this phrase, He uses sin sinlessly to accomplish His will on earth. He works through everything in spite of what we might do. Well, the consequences of killing the abusive Egyptian came down immediately on Moses. Look at 26 and following. On the following day, he appeared to them as they were fighting each other. Now he comes upon two Israelites who are squabbling. And he tried to reconcile them in peace, saying, Men, you are brethren. Why do you injure one another? But the one who was injuring his neighbor pushed him away, saying, Who made you a ruler and judge over us? You do not mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday, do you? News traveled fast. And notice again that Stephen along the way was able to quote several key passages from memory. This time the quote is from chapter 2 of Exodus, verses 14 and 15. You'll notice it as the all caps in the New American Standard translation. Well, there's the first 40 years of Moses' life. took us 12 verses. The next 40 go much faster, 40 years hiding. Verse 29, at this remark... Moses fled and became an alien in the land of Midian, 
where he became the father of two sons. Now I commend to you, look at the 68th book of your Bible. 66 is Revelation, 66 is Concordance, 68 is the book of Maps. Find Midian. Moses spent, spent 40 years there. Came away with a wife and two sons. This is all covered in Exodus 2, verses 15 through 22. Moses met and married his wife Zipporah, called her Zippy, I'm sure. Um, and they had two sons, Gershom and Eliezer. And in the meantime, the woes of the Israelites in Egypt continued to worsen. Remember, we're sneaking up on the end of that promised 400 years of Israel being enslaved. And it was getting bad. The uh, second chapter of Exodus ends this way. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered His covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God saw the sons of Israel and took notice of them. Now, it wasn't that God had forgotten His covenant. It wasn't that God hadn't heard His people groaning. This is just an anthropomorphic, anthropopathic way of saying that God uh, was faithful to His own promise. And so it was time for them to be delivered. Well, this is Stephen explaining Moses, 40 years developing, 40 years hiding, and now 40 years leading. You can again marvel at Stephen's grasp of the flow of the plan of God. He doesn't get mired in the details, but he continues to give this marvelous testimony. And he's going to build the case for the spiritual culpability of the ones that were accusing him and were intent on killing him. They were the bad guys here. And the way that Stephen sets that, Stephen sets that up is absolutely brilliant. Look at verses 30 through 32, and you'll see how he, he brings this to his point. Starting in verse 30. After 40 years had passed, that's the 40 that he spent in Midian, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai in the flame of a burning thorn bush. When Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight, and as he approached to look more closely, there came the voice of the Lord. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Moses shook with fear and would not venture to look. There's a whole bunch of silly stuff today about people going to and fro to heaven and having encounters with angels and all that and talking to them as, as, as buddies. No, when people really see the angel of the Lord, they are absolutely scared to death. And Moses was. Now, <coughs> let's stop for a second with our text. Before we continue with Stephen and Moses, I want, to see, I want you to see an important application from the lips of Jesus about the verses that Stephen just quoted. It's over in Luke chapter 20, verses 37 and 38. Jesus says, But that the dead are raised... Even Moses showed in the passage about the burning bush where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Now, he is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. Now, Jesus is making a subtle exegetical point there. His point in the text is that it uses the present tense verb, I am, to describe God's relationship with three dead guys, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They'd all died. And that's a powerful affirmation of life after physical death. God is their 
God, they live. Everyone has eternal existence. Your eternity will be either with God in the new heaven and new earth, or you will be eternally separated from Him, tormented in the lake of fire. Consider that. Your eternal destiny depends upon your response to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I urge you, please, hear the invitation of Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest for your soul. He is not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. Now back to our passage. This burning bush incident is the dramatic call of Moses for what to do with his retirement years. You would think at 80, he'd been a shepherd, he'd done all of these things. It wouldn't surely be time to kick back a little bit. But again, you're going to see the incredible riches of the sovereignty and the providence of God, and you're going to see Stephen's marvelous understanding of God's plan explained here. He continues to quote from Exodus chapter 3, Acts 7, 33 and 34. But the Lord said to him, take off the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. When God appears physically, it is holy ground. He said, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt and have heard their groans, and I have come down to rescue them, and come now, I will send you to Egypt. Can you imagine what's going on in Moses' mind? Um, God, I tried that, and I kind of biffed it. You really want me to go back there? Well, Stephen keeps going. He's going to resume his commentary on the life of Moses, and you're about to see why Stephen chose to recite all of this. As I said, he's going to bring this to the payoff. Watch how Stephen emphasizes the uniqueness of Moses. Remember, they said he speaks blasphemously against Moses. He's telling the true story of Moses. Pick it up at verse 35. This Moses, whom they disown, saying, who made you a ruler and a judge, is the one whom God sent to be both a ruler and a deliverer with the help of the angel who appeared to him in the thorn bush. This man led them out, performing wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. This is the Moses who said to the sons of Israel, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. This is the one who was in the congregation in the wilderness together with the angel who was speaking to him on Mount Sinai and who was with, your fa- with our fathers, and he received living oracles to pass on to you. See, he's building his case. I'm telling you the true story of Moses and what he really did and the one that he said would come after him. Oh, by the way, that's the Jesus. Do you want to kill me for preaching? Remember, they brought false witnesses accusing Stephen Stephen of blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So Stephen now is beginning to show a parallel between how Israel treated Moses and how the Sanhedrin treated Jesus and was treating the apostles. And this time, he weaves in words from Exodus chapter 32. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.